Hello my friends, this is Identity Complex, the show that chronicles my journey in identity and human potential. I'm Al Donnelly, and in this episode, I'm going to share what happened over the course of this past year. I quit my full-time job and pursued founding a startup. There's a lot of twists and turns in this one. Some of them might even be U-shaped. Even so, there are some valuable insights I've gained along the way, packaged in a standard, relatable startup adventure. Without further ado, let's begin. At the end of May 2020, I was a burnt out software engineer working at a Fortune 100 company. Going into work felt absolutely horrible. My passion had slowly faded away. And for the longest time, I held on just because the pay was decent and the work-life balance was fairly good. I've been comfortable enough to stay, but forces beyond my control continued to make things worse. For my start date in May 2019, we went from a team of six engineers to a team of two engineers. By the end, I became the most senior engineer without a team lead or a manager. We tried to fill the positions for over a year, but didn't get support from the business. Once the pandemic started, the company issued hiring freezes with no defined release date. The most senior engineer put his two weeks notice in, and I felt like I had no reason to stay. All I could see was my workload becoming worse, our application was at risk of being shut down, and the legacy code quality made it increasingly difficult to add new features. When I left the company, a massive sense of relief swept over me. I felt unshackled and free to pursue the things that provided me more creative freedom. Man ain't willing to die for freedom. He's just taking up space. Lofty goals and grand plans danced in my head. Dreams felt like reality now. Who knew if I'd ever get a regular job again? I wasn't about that lifestyle anymore. I truly felt like I was meant for much more and that a traditional job wouldn't allow me to utilize my full potential. I was young, single, and living well below my means. I could stay on this path for a while and really make something great. Without the structure of a company, I needed to make my own schedule and be absolutely militant in keeping to it. I'd left the company many years before in order to retrain from a technical consultant to a software engineer. I'd been doing freelance web development on the side and made that my full-time gig as a part of my transformation. Basically, I'd been down the path of self-employment before. I knew one of my biggest hurdles I had before me was not really knowing when to turn off. My business life became my personal life, and I hit a wall of burnout. It didn't help that I was physically isolated from my friends. This time would be different. I put personal, non-work stuff on the schedule. I also lived with several of my friends, who had either been unemployed or working from home at the time. I'd work, play sports in the middle of the day, eat food without time constraints, and keep a rigorous workout schedule. This would be my biggest commitment I would make to create my own startup. So what was the startup idea? Well, it was less of an idea and more of a master plan. Stage one was to develop a travel planning app. Our killer feature was to make it social and collaborative. You can share and use other people's trips as templates. As you add events to your trip, it would show up on a map color-coded to the type of event. From the trip data the app produced, we'd focus on predictive and recommendation models. This would allow people to autofill their travel plans based on their starting location, preferences, and trip intensity. 
We would lean pretty heavily into data model expertise, and from there, we developed generic products in the space, which we can spin off into their own companies. These companies would then spread and try to actively disrupt legacy industries. Basically, what I wanted was to hit all the buzzwords while riding a rocket ship to the moon. Well, stage one was the real meat and potatoes. I would need to make a strong foundation for anything else to be possible. My inspiration for the idea came from my trip to Japan. I needed, at the time, to plan activities, keep track of all my trip confirmations, and coordinate with friends. We wouldn't stay in one spot, and the solution needed to help us organize across multiple locations like Tokyo, Kyoto, Japanese Alps, and Osaka. Our solution for that trip was a combination of TripIt, Google Maps, and Google Sheets. This created a bunch of duplicate work between all of us and made the planning process extremely time consuming. The website currently known as Voimos, translated from Spanish as I Go More, was the result of my pain points. I began working on it as a weekend project while at my full-time job and eventually transitioned for it to be my main focus into self-employment. At the same time, I made an Instagram and started a podcast as a means to build audience and do some content marketing. From the start, I knew traction would be one of my biggest hurdles, so a friend recommended the book, Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth. From there, I cherry-picked various traction strategies as I began to develop the product. But how exactly was the product? Well, that's a bit tricky, as it changed pretty dramatically as time went on. I really wanted to put it on Amazon's AWS since it's scalable, cost-efficient, and I had a lot of experience with it at my previous company. I started on their Lambda platform, but found I would need to combine multiple AWS services to create my own product. From there, I went all in on Amazon and used AppSync, which was their all-in-one solution to create a web app with the stroke of a few commands. There are plenty of pros and tons of cons to this approach, which are detailed in an article I wrote that is going to be attached to the show notes. Even with the challenges from a technical perspective, I still managed to create an MVP product. What was produced was a responsive web experience that could be enjoyed from the phone as easily as the desktop. You could build your itinerary on the left of the screen while it dynamically rendered the location on a map to the right. In addition, you could add people to your trip with various roles, which either could allow them to edit or have read-only privileges. Finally, you can make your trip public, which will allow them to link to an article you made on the site. This trip could then be used as a template that others could build their trip off of. That totally sounds like I accomplished what I set out for, right? Mission accomplished. Well done. Let's go back to base. Well, yes and no. Basic functionality-wise, everything worked. From the UI perspective, it was clean and efficient to create your schedule. Even though, in retrospect, if redesigned, it could be so much better. It was not beautiful or exciting in any way. After building the MVP, I began to try to gain traction and to investigate market fit before dedicating more time to development. My first strategy was content marketing. I'd produce travel guides on my site and link them on external sites like Reddit. I hoped people would get excited enough for my post to visit my site through the link. Although my post got plenty of views, very few people left Reddit to investigate further. From the start, I planned to have a co-founder. And from previous episodes, you might be aware of my best friend and roommate, Ali. Well, unfortunately, he passed away due to non-COVID-related circumstances. And to me, the least impactful thing was losing a business partner. 
We spent so many moments together and planned many things for a shared future. Even now, I haven't completely recovered from everything that happened. I'm very glad that I wasn't working a regular job as well because I spent a solid month not working on anything. Eventually, I felt like I could work again, but without a partner, it felt too isolating to work on the project solo. I thought for this project to be successful, I really needed to find other founders to collaborate with. I found a bunch of sites, but the one I settled on was Reddit's r slash co-founder. The way that this subreddit works is that you put your background in either tech, marketing, business, sales, design, etc. You give a basic pitch about your startup and why others should join you. Join us. Join. And finally, what kind of person you're looking for. After making my posts, I had a few people reach out to me, which turned into two fairly useful video calls. From my talks with them, I found that my MVP was a very common startup idea and that many people before had tried and failed to get traction. The edge I had on those was my social and community features. However, mine were pretty basic. And without an existing community, it became increasingly difficult to get people excited to join and almost created a chicken and egg scenario. Chicken chaser. Chicken chaser. You chase chickens. Chicken chaser. Aww, chicken chicken chaser. chaser. Therefore, I really needed a solid traction strategy and I wasn't confident in my abilities. Finally, the biggest takeaway was that I didn't do proper competitive analysis before working on the app. I basically created this site to directly challenge TripIt, but wasn't even fully aware of the other options available. From my conversations, I ended with more managed expectations and some homework to do. Who were my competitors? Well, TripIt obviously, which to my eye was the most often recommended solution on r travel. For group trips, people predominantly use Google Docs. For more solo trips, I saw Rome to Rio, TripAdvisor, Google Trips, and to me, the most impressive, Road Trippers. Going on Road Trippers site was like a shock to me. It left me in awe and shook my resolve in whether I could produce a better product. It basically allowed you to plan your route on a map with notable landmarks along the way. As you added more items, it calculated the distance and time between the stops. You could search for all the typical road trip stops like camping, hotels, food, local attractions, and much more. They also had their own user reviews, descriptions, and information about each of the places. Of all the sites I went to, it by far had the best interface and made me completely reconsider my approach to designing Voimas. Another stake in the coffin was that they had professionally created travel guides that you could use as templates for your trip. Despite the praise and being an avid road tripper and traveler, I personally would still not use road trippers. There are a few reasons why, and they have nothing to do with the product offered and more to do with the business slash monetization decisions they've made. Road trippers has a premium and free service. Their free service only allows you to have five stops. Personally, five stops is too little to the point of being useless for basically any travel scenario I can think of, and premium service is 30 bucks a year. Road Trippers Premium still also has a few limitations. It only supports the United States and doesn't help organize flights. These limitations were not missed accidentally. There were conscious decisions to support the revenue model. By creating a subscription service, they need customers that travel regularly to justify a 30 a year price. I suspect most people who travel do so once a year and even still probably don't make complex travel plans to justify a paid subscription. Road trippers are laser focused on the RV community. For them, road tripping is their lifestyle 
and an app like this is a no-brainer decision. They have a whole category of waypoints specifically for RV services, and if that was my lifestyle, I would choose this easily. This exercise really made me question whether a market existed for a free alternative to road trippers that supported international travel. The difficulty is that the biggest pain points it solves are for complex and frequent trips. This situation creates high customer churn and low sustained engagement. I could also target simpler travel for more regular customers. However, the only service I could offer them is akin to Instagram for travel and then go for commissions on booking through my site. This new marketplace would directly put me into competition with the direct-to-consumer giants of Kayak, Expedia, Priceline, etc. In addition, without access to their best pricing agreements, I wouldn't be able to compete on price. I'd wish I had performed it sooner to save some time and energy. If you take away anything from this story, this whole competitive analysis experience felt like a much-needed brick to the face. Do your research on what you're getting into before you jump into a blind and spend months creating a product, especially if you're going to quit your job in the process. I know this isn't much of an ending, but my time commitment to Voimas slowly reduced to the point where it now holds no place on my calendar. While I was soliciting others to join Voimas, I'd actually found a person creating a different travel startup. I team up with him and a few others to found Gypsy. That adventure is going to be its own episode, even though some of that story is still being written today. If you are truly thinking about being a solo founder, I'd recommend instead to find co-founders. Also, it's easier to support other people's passions than convincing them to support yours. Also, if a startup is further down the path, you still get much of the reward with much less risk. Well, that's all I have for today. I have many more stories in the future. Stay tuned. Peace.